It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Here's some fun facts, people you should Google. And we're going to start off with Ida B. Wells. She was a African-American journalist, abolitionist, and feminist who led an anti-lynching crusade in the United States in the 1890s. She went on to found and become integral in groups striving for African-American justice. Definitely Google her. She's awesome. Uh, one of my favorites is Marsai. I hope I'm saying her name right. Martin. She is Diane on the show Blackish. I love that show, by the way. Y'all should check that out on ABC. Um, she's the youngest executive producer on a major Hollywood motion picture, which was little. Um, I see bright things for her future moving forward. She's very intelligent and awesome. Also, last but not least, Miss Kathy Hughes. She's the queen of radio, as I would put it. Um, she is the one who created the segment on late night radio called The Quiet Storm. I'm sure somebody has heard that. So she bought a bunch of radio stations and you definitely should Google her. And another thing to check out is How I Built This. She did an episode with them on NPR. Y'all should check that out. I might put a link in there. But these are the lovely ladies of Black History Month. Now, enjoy the show, Upgrade America podcast. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. Cameron Ra, host and executive producer of, I love this part, Upgrade America, the greatest show on earth. Yeah, I'm here with CJ the Day and we're bringing you another classic, 51, episode 51. Ping, ping. Oh, wow, it is 51, huh? Indeed, yes, sir. Man. Yeah. So how you feeling down there, man? What's up? Man, exhausted. <laughs> That's all I can say. You and I were talking about. We just exhausted. I know. I know the feeling that comes from having a progressive day. You know. Like, yeah. Get to sleep like a baby. Oh yeah. But yeah, we we talking about a lot of different things today on this episode. First off, we're gonna go over uh, Fast and the Furious Nine preview. We're gonna slide in and discuss uh, the, the latest uh, heavyweight fight, and then we're gonna hit you with the uh, you know talk about um your rights as a citizen you know yeah. real great stuff real great content coming for you today but as always thank you thank you thank you we're so grateful for you watching and subscribing and tuning into our content we love you words shout out to y'all podcast listeners y'all y'all uh, climbing y'all coming through it's coming up well oh one more person i want to thank CJ the Bass over here. Thank you for 
50 wonderful episodes, man. It was a pleasure on this journey. Oh, yeah. Word, man. Hey, you, you sparked it. We just kept it going. Nah, man. It was, it was you who kept me engaged with those uh, witty, sophisticated conversations, you know, on WhatsApp chat. And, and I think I'm, I'm real grateful as a veteran. You know, a lot of my veteran friends, we, we still we still link, but I would say you and me are the ones we, we I link with you, we talk the most, you know, but you, because you really kept me engaged with a lot of great questions. And more or less, we took that and we turned it into a podcast and we're just metamorphing with it, man, as we go. Yo, we coming up on a year. Yes, sir. Like, I guess by weeks, you could say a year. When did we start? We started like April or March anyway, actually, right? I want to say April. I'll have to check the timestamp in, um, yeah. in, in YouTube. Yeah, I'm bringing up the trailer for Fast and Furious 9. All right, I'm going to do the check same. Check that on your end. And is there anybody out there who has, uh, who knows how to do some good screen sharing on Skype because I, I seem to be failing to sh- be able to share my screen and we're, we're doing it a bit ad hoc, but you know, us defenders will we'll pull through and make that mission happen. You so ready? Yeah, you got the trailer? Yeah, man. Yeah. Let's do this. So I really like uh, that muscle car that Vin Diesel was always working. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horsepower. It looks like he settled down. He got the little family and everything. Your daddy gave me this. Damn, I'm trying to turn that a sound, bro. (laughs) It's for protection. You know, uh, it's it's going to get real. Are you up to date on the um, on North franchise? I think I fell off at maybe six or seven. There's some missing pieces. Okay, that's no fun. Flying off a bike is no fun in. Miraculous catch. Nice save. Where do you think they're at, man? I don't know. I'm kind of over. Well, it seems I don't want to say they're doing some rebranding because I mean they're still keeping it with the cars. But um, what's going on in here? I don't, I'm not too sure. Where they taking? Yeah, like I like the flip on. I like that they're introducing the younger brother because you mm-hmm. never know about him after all out of all of them. So that's cool. <laughs> Like um, my life, my, my younger brother. I know. My younger brother late in the game. Okay. You think I mean, the guys are doing their own stunts? I'm ready if I don't know. That's a good question. Really? Um, Probably oh, some. Was that a we Bugatti? Huh? You see the purple jump off? Was that a Bugatti? Yeah. I don't know what that was. Maybe this is. Maybe this is. We're going to go out together. You know, I'd ride to the death with you. I don't know, man. Like. I like that the uh, guy Han came back, like mm-hmm. he's not actually dead, because he's a cool character. To work. Wow, what is that? Please tell me that's not a Pontiac Fiero strapped to a rocket engine. Impressive, I know. 
Are you talking about that jet? No, that's, yeah. that's not impressive. That's yeah, that's that's like Gen Six what? technology. That's like what? Gen Six technology for uh, fighter planes. It's wow. Okay, we got a lot of cool little stuff going on in here. Wow, that's nuts. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Yo, like uh, this is my world. I mean, what is amateur hour? Like you got all this ordinance and you can't hit a Mustang. Like these guys need to be fired. Whoever they're doing so. I mean, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the brother, little brother, actually kind of looks like Vin Diesel. Like you could say they could be brothers. So I kind of like that they cast it well. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen such a um, contraption. Very, very interesting. <laughs> hey guys. I'm not gonna commit to checking it out, but um, nice club out. it could happen. I'm, I'm a little burnt out with them. My favorites are the first one. The second one, third one, then I jumped the five, and that's pretty much it. The rest yeah, are my say, Somehow I, I I was unfortunate to see Tokyo Drift. Like uh -huh. that was just awful. Like the first <laughs> one was was nice. The second one was cool. When did Tokyo Drift come in? That was the third one, actually. Oh man, that was just awful. I and I was this... looking like. How, where, where, where did you go wrong? Like, how did it come to this? Very disappointing with Tokyo Drift, but you know, they've redeemed themselves since uh, since then. But um, were you able to see the the latest fight? No, I all I was out and about. I was socializing because I rarely do it as much as I should. Um, but I was watching the scorecard actually. Mm -hmm. So I was watching, like I was talking to the chick, but I was watching the scorecard behind her head. It was perfect. So I kept looking up. I heard there were a lot of disappointed people, man. A lot of, oh, a lot of, a lot of happy life. people. <laughs> it goes Yo, man, Let's click on these highlights and, uh, you know, like pick it apart. You know, amateur right. style. <laughs> by no means am I a professional commentator. I boxed a little, you know, yeah. dabbled in it. And it's, um... I empathize. Am I saying that? Empathize? Because I have empathy. Yeah. I empathize with them. Because I know boxing is it's a real demanding sport. And um, not for nothing, my guy looked a bit. It's, I don't know. Maybe he's having a bad night. So, yeah, I'm clicked on the link. Are you ready? Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Let's get ready to rumble. So yeah, right right now, right we're just gonna do a uh, amateur hour sports commentation. On, yeah. You know, on the highlights between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder for the WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World. Is it? Or am I just exaggerating? I'm confused with all that because they got like three different 
like leagues or something, and then it's the unified fight, and I don't, I can't keep up with all that, man. It's a nice beard. It's not as fine as mine, but it's a good start. <laughs> now, is it me or does this today look like? Okay, what's his weight class? Two seventy three. And what was uh, what was my man? A two sixty something, two thirty. They all, they're both heavyweight. Yeah, he just looks a bit heavy. But, um, yeah, it's all fair, loving one. But I, I truly uh, admire the stamina of, of these guys putting, like, going three-minute rounds. Like, even yeah. one-minute rounds, going, like, 40%, 60% with how it'll drain you. But going 100%, and these guys are going, like, 12 rounds. Like, yeah. It's stamina. And the stare down. My <laughs> favorite part. You should smile at your opponent. Sykes him out. Like, why is he so happy? He knows something I don't know. <laughs> that is true. So I turn into a little UFC fight there. Ping, ping. Oh, stumbles to the ground. That was nice. I was hearing that. Um. Tyson caught him in the ear and it bust his eardrum. Mm, and that messes with your balance. I could see that. Yeah. And they, they said that's what some blood coming, uh, some blood coming from here. But yeah, that's actually um how you say that's a self-defense move to clap both of your ears and leave them probably. But yeah, I, that could make sense. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's what I everybody was saying. But hey, when you when you get in the ring, anything can happen. So and they say defend yourself at all times. Absolutely, but I think he just caught her with a punch and it caught him in the ear. But you know, it doesn't matter. Like um, how you win a fight is how you win a fight. True. Like, they said um, one of the fastest ways to win a fight in Muay Thai is to uh, oh man, I elbow elbow uppercut with my my mic. But it's with the elbow uppercut. And yeah. it's effective because one, it can bring an immediate knockout. But you know why I don't want to fight? Like in a in a tournament. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Nah. It's because the elbow uppercut will often if it hits the eye or cut the eye, the blood will drain down to the eye and then they have to stop the fight. And they obviously mm. give it to that guy. But yes. that was a fun uh, fact I learned from uh, one of my Muay Thai buddies. But yeah, yeah, it was a very interesting fight. Um again the, the information that you provided that makes sense for you know why he was stumbling over there. Like the, the ears are, are very critical to, to balance. Yeah. And um fighting uh, it, it depends heavily upon it. I mean, you know all of America well most of America was pulling for <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I was, I was pulling for my man too, but, you know, it happens. And yeah. They said he was undefeated? Before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were both undefeated. Interesting. Because the last fight was a draw, so. It's the number one headband from my Afro Samurai fans out there. Oh, I love Afro Samurai. Ah. I love it. Oh, yummy, yummy. Get my K1 
Kavita Kombucha Probiotic. Oh, man, love that. Stuff. Yo, I tried it. I tried it last week, like for four days. Mm-hmm. I did notice a difference. I was like, oh, okay. Well, they say your your gut is like your second brain because you have all yeah. those nerve endings in your stomach. So it's like you also have another brain, quote unquote brain, in your heart because there's a lot of nerve endings there, and they they say that sometimes your heart makes gets information before the brain does, but. The gut is uh, the probiotic stuff is really great for the gut, and I enjoy it. And I and I how do you say I justify it because I know they can be up to like three dollars a piece, but I used yep. to spend like twelve dollars on a glass of wine, you know. So and it did. You know, I suppose it had some antioxidants. Yeah, this is I like to think is more uh, beneficial. True. But did you like them? Yeah, I, it, the tastes are different. Like, I forgot I had, I forgot what type I had because it's a whole bunch of kombuchas. But uh, GTS Synergy, whatever. Interesting. I think I had Synergy. They have like the little, uh, not quite a flower, but like I think they're just chakras on the. Yeah, it's not like that. my brand. I'm not endorsing them. They're not paying me yet. But I do, uh, I do enjoy this one. This one has roses, and and I'm being all stereotypical. It has watermelon as well. It's delicious concoction. Lovely yeah. elixir. What you want to, what you want to dive into, Cam? We just covered sports and our movies. You know, a little bit of pop culture. So yeah, now we're gonna get into it. What are we gonna start yeah, with first? Let's do it. Um, I do recall you said you wanted to briefly touch on the, the history of hip hop. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about until it. Until it's death in, like, let's call it 2002. You said what? <laughs> from from conception till it's death in, like, 2002. That's a good place to start. Well, just quick facts real quick. Um, started in the Bronx, my birthplace. Down, baby. Um, basically, it started from a birthday party. Um, the four elements of hip-hop. DJing, b-boying, MCing, graffiti. Wow, um, style. Definitely putting that clip from there. Yeah. Um. When's what's the first memory you have of hip hop? Like the first songs you remember? Oh man, for me the first memories of hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really gonna show my age. Was I'm the niggity 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 Mac Daddy. <laughs> really put it on for. But it's like, Chris Cross is cool because I related to them because we were kind of like the same age. Yeah, yeah I think we are the same Older than, than I was. And I seen them getting this fame and, and you know, stardom. And I'm like, yo, like, I can do that too. And they encouraged me to rap. And, like, um, that was my first memory of, of hip-hop with them. And then I kind of moved when, as I grew kind of moved to Wu-Tang, I discovered Nas, and really became a hardcore Nas fan. Jay-Z was just like, he was grandiose, and I was catching a lot of his pop stuff, but later on, I became a real big Jay-Z fan, and mostly East Coast heads, man. What about you? I, I used to be a real big fan of Jadakiss until he rejected my candy. No hard feelings, though. It's all, it's all great. 
Yo, what, um, what about you, man? Yo, like my mom when I when we moved to Maryland from the Bronx, um, my mom used to work out with weights and stuff. So she used to play like Prince, Michael Jackson, uh, Janet Jackson at the time. But the hip hop songs I remember the most that she played was uh, Cool Mo D, I Go to Work, and then LL Cool J, uh, Mama Said Knock You Out. Mama Said Knock You Out, yeah, I remember that. So those are like my first two, and then they had a historical beef. I forgot the song, but they they went back at each other too. That was like one of the first beefs in hip hop. Yeah, I know what you mentioned. Right. I forgot MC Hammer. Mm, MC Hammer okay. was relevant because he was to some extent he was kind of like a clean rapper, so I could kind of like coerce my uh, my mother into to getting me MC Hammer tapes, but everything else. She, I had to sneak that. I had to dub that. I was taking her gospel tapes and yeah. dubbing, it over, dubbing it over with like 36 chambers from Wu-Tang. But check this. This is what my mom did that was so ingenious. She bought all the latest music, but it was all edited. Answers in the clean one? The, huh? The clean version? Yep. That's so cool. all the music we grew up with was edited. So I didn't really hear explicit stuff until I got out of the house, to be honest, when I went to Air Force around that time. I had to sneak I had to sneak in some explicit stuff in it, like <laughs> as you say, it opened up my mind to like, you know, it was a whole new world. But you know, here's a fun fact about uh edited music. More often than not they get an extra track. Like a bonus track. And That's true. The purchase of it. I noticed that with Nas. And I'm trying to think maybe a couple artists do that as well. I purchased the um, from iTunes the edited version of 444. And it actually flows really it flows really great. And yeah, I commend I commend artists for taking um, you know, the extra steps and making it clean. Because, I don't know. It's it's very interesting though. Oh, well, I guess my chronological thing. So those were my two first ones. MC Hammer, yeah. I live in this... So now I'm in South Carolina Mm -hmm. when I started really getting into it more. And then... What did I listen to? Because Master P was big. Like, a lot of Southern rap was bubbling up. Yeah, that that was huge. No, he was Mr. Ice Cream Man. Yeah, I remember that. And then I just shifted to West Coast all of a sudden. Yeah, I was listening. I did. I did like pop. I really did. uh, I did really did resonate with pop. Like, um, but maybe it's just because I I I I I resonate with East Coast rappers more. But with the I did like Snoop. So yeah, uh, you know my cameo. Same thing. <laughs> nah, I love the game. That's one of my favorite West Coast rappers. So I love him. Um, my beef with the game, and this is mine. This is a pet peeve of mine. Okay. His name is a term that is often used in, in hip hop. Like just talking about the game, the hip hop game. You know, it's like it, it, I almost felt like every time I said that, I was talking. It felt like I was addressing. The game. Oh, got you. And I even think uh, Jay Z said some slick stuff. 
They had a little. Uh, yeah, they went at each other. Saying my name to entertain the crew, something like that. But I'm um, like, but he is talented. I'll give him that. That was just a minor annoyance, you know. As a fellow <laughs> MC, like yo, I feel, like every time I say the game, I'm talking about you, but, you know. So let let's talk about the colorful history of hip hop. Well, not history, but I'll say the gripes and complaints, the what people go against, and something you and I kind of started getting into the oh, other podcast. And I was I was about my research. Well, nah, um, it's it's cool. Just we going off, you know. I mean, we talk. I'm gonna be real. Like uh, there are agendas, and there, there's mm-hmm. always a uh, how do you say? Mention about the Illuminati and you know and, and all that and, and music, but whether you want to, most people want to acknowledge it or not, there are ruling powers that rule the world. Like, just we have to come to terms with that. And if they want to force an agenda through music, there's no better way to do it than through um, you know through hip hop and. To some extent, I have beliefs that music is being used to oppress our people, and we don't even know. Like when you're talking about black spending is equivalent to the 16th, the GDP of the 16th wealthiest nation in the world. Really put that into perspective. Like these are things that we're not using to enrich our communities. We're not using to enrich ourselves. We are spending trillions upon trillions on Gucci, Fendi, Jordan, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, like all these frivolous things. And the music pushes that agenda. And that's my concern. Like anytime you see people doing, they're all moving to the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. They're all thinking the same way. That's mind control. It's mind control. Like the Nazis experimented with it, and um, as I said, I really wish I, I didn't know we were gonna take it here. I would have, I, I would have came with some with some facts and some literature, but um, but yeah, I think well, that's what I think that's where hip hop has, how do you say, it's morphed or, or evolved to? Because remember, it came out, hip hop was pure, right? It started a birthday party, and then people fought it, found out they can sell it. When you can sell it, you commercialize it. But eventually there's tentacles that come in when the big commercial waves come in and then they see the opportunities and then you have million dollar deals and then everyone's pushing Bugattis, everyone's pushing this brand, that brand. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man, it's gotten corrupt. Here's my thoughts on it. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I also understand it's, it goes in cycles. So, in its purest form, destroy it, build it. Huh? The bridge is over, the bridge is over. <laughs> I like KRS1, you know, Boogie Down Productions. But um, I actually saw him in Orlando when I used to work at the hotel. He was like going to his room, but he was like, he gave me the look like, yo, don't make a big scene, bro. I was just like, hey, what up? And then that was it. <laughs> I was at work. My selfie. Yeah, nah, I couldn't do. It. I couldn't do it to him. I was like, all right, I see you, pal. Um, my thing on hip hop. This is how I feel about it. It is the one thing 
that has been consistent in my life, I could say, besides movies. I say hip hop is like number two, because movies is everything to me too. But, um, and there are things now that I'm older that I don't really want to listen to anymore. Like I'll hear it, like stuff you were talking about, like degrading women and like violence on each other and like- And that's the main, my main, you mentioned like all other genres they talk about like drugs and sex and stuff. I don't care about the drugs. I want to legalize the drugs. That's I want to yeah. legalize prostitution. It's the, the violence and the murders. Like, you know, just... I, here's the thing. I don't recall any other genre that's of music that's so vividly violent with the, with the murders. And the, I, would, I would say death metal, heavy rock and roll. Yeah. Cause I listen to my fair share of metal, like I don't know, and, and everything. And there, there's no mention of guns or or, or, or anything like that. But uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe I don't listen to enough metal to. I up. mean, I put it this way: you mentioned imagery. Definitely, the imagery is gonna be wild. Um, I would say. I would agree with you, maybe on the guns part, but I would say as far as being explicit and saying some wild stuff, yeah, that's in every genre, bro. But I would say the maybe the murder and the guns is the biggest one for hip hop. I would I, say I that I would like, agree. I know all cultures murder, but you know, Black History Month and me being black, the black and black crime is what I have. Uh, you know, I, I have an issue with that, and I do believe to some extent it. And, and then there's the chicken or the egg concept. Well, does hip hop reflect reality, or does reality reality reflected, you know, from hip hop or whatever? Like, I don't know. I don't know. You can look at hip hop like if you follow it from its conception, it was like basically the news. In the black community, if you really think about it, it was a form of journalism per se. Um, storytelling, uh, like fairy tales, same concept. And I, I feel, I feel you on that. And then again, it's um, I suppose like hip hop cannot take responsibility for, uh, you know, for for what's going on. But it's like, it's just ironic that there's so many gangster rappers and even these gangster rappers are getting killed. What was the Pop Smoke or what was his name? Oh, didn't he die or something? I don't know. Yeah, some rapper just got murdered, I I believe. But, um... Now, this is my thing of contention. I've been wrestling with it because we're older millennials. So we're like... We grew up with like lyricism and standing out, being individual, you know, being different. And now it seems like everything blurs. Like the beats blur, like the lyrics are kind of like, what are y'all even talking about? <laughs> um, like, I'll be honest, like, I'll hear some stuff, like, really? This. But is that I just say- a sign of our age? Because like, here's the thing I'm sure there are old timers. And I, and I know there are old timers who hated on 
Jay-Z, you know, Nas, and I'm like, you know, because they were different than what they came up with. True. So is that just a sign of, like, yo, we're, we're older, or the game has evolved so much that we don't even recognize it? I don't know. But, but um, it, it was a hip hop was definitely a, a big influential part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, black man, no father figures is like, I knew I wasn't going to uh, join the NBA. Yeah, Jordan, I like your shoes, but I will never play ball like you. But mm-hmm. like I said, um, I did have some music. I was musically inclined with writing lyrics and, and rapping and stuff so i related more to that where i didn't relate to them was with being a gangster so i felt i had to in order to be a better rapper i gotta be a better gangster to be a better rapper yeah. and that's unfortunate but that's that's kind of what it seemed because like nas was like what pablo nas esco you know yeah all the all of the rappers that I like they had their their gangster name. Arthur Ego, yeah. Um Capone and Noriega, like me me yeah. I say more, like, you know, all these uh these rappers they, they were gangsters, you know, and for me like just coming up I didn't <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna disclose, you know, anything I've done in the past, but it's like I was nowhere near like that, so I, I didn't think I was gonna be a great rapper. But, um, <laughs> it's um, there's a lot of confusion for young kids. You know, they see these guys, they're like, okay, he's in a boat, he's in a Bentley, and he's talking about keys, selling keys and everything, selling coke, selling blow, and they think if they go down that path, that they're gonna be fortunate. And I realized that, like, thank God, I went to the Air Force. That, like, yo. A lot of people play that game, and there's not a lot of people winning. The prison is filled with people who lost that game. Graveyard is filled with people who lost that game. And you know, out of my out of my associates that you know that I ran with, I can only say that one, one out of let's just say seven, is doing successful. Maybe three of them are dead. A couple of them in and out of jail, and you Damn. know the rest, you know. Whatever, but yeah, one out of seven. If you like those odds, yeah, go play that game. But um, hip hop kind of messed that up. They also had the misconception that it's all good in the hood, and that there's nothing but rims and big booty women, and like it's a life is a music video. It's not. It sucks. The roof leaks, and you know bums sleep on you. Your doorstep, drug mules in the halls. It's not all good in the hood. But. Uh, <laughs> Let me stop. Hip hop is awesome. It's a uh, at the same time my perception and, and when I start doing more with music, I'm I, I want to diffuse the misconception and and also try to be more uplifting. I don't know. Well, I I'll say for me, the hood to me is a it's weird, but it's still a special place. I know all the tragedy and like the cycles of trauma and generational stuff and conditions, but there were some good days in the hood too. Like Friday is a perfect example of like the good times between the bad times that doesn't get highlighted. I get that. 
Yeah. But I think um, it's like, um, again, there, there's a thing, maybe it's, it's in our culture that it's like, it's okay to, like, we should just be content with that. And that's a dangerous mindset to, to sure. be content with being in the hood and, and with poverty. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I always have these conversations about how to change culture, and I, I think it, it starts with the music. And so when I meet with uh, Jay Z and you know with Diddy, and we have this conversation, and we're like, "What's up, man? You come on this upgrade America." <laughs> no, I'm with you. Well, I, I'll put this out there. I will say, if you pay attention. The elder statesmen of hip hop now, currently, are doing everything that we're talking about. They're cleaning up the hood. They're bringing up programs. Nas does uh, venture venture capitalist stuff. That's and, so like, but this is the stuff that's not highlighted. Going back to what you're saying, what's the agenda? If these rappers are actually doing a lot of good things, mm-hmm. why are we not really hearing about it? Mm-hmm. They're doing it. So then we need to, um, perhaps it's a segment that we need to slide into the podcast is even if it's like a little one minute, 30 second shout out about something, you know, you heard somebody doing, let's do that. Let's get, um, build more awareness and stuff. And the shout thing- out to Nas. I'm, I'm curious to what, um, type of ventures he's investing into, but I may have yeah. had Um, what was I going to say? And I will give this about the younger generation, like, mm-hmm. Um, they do come in already having their management team advertising, mm. already have their fan base. So I would say business-wise, they start off a little better than the older generation did. And I like it that it's becoming more independent as well. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> how do you say more decentralized? And I think that would provide more freedom, you know, um, for artists, but we still see a lot of the same trends. But yeah, you yeah. raise a very valid point because, you know, traditionally it was like you come in, you sign a, a record deal with a major label, mm-hmm. you take your soul, so to speak. They, I heard those references made, uh, you know, with a lot of rappers. A lot. You're underneath the contract and you, you have to sell X amount of albums or you're in debt. I heard uh, DMX flopped, not before it was dark, before Hell is Hot and It's Dark and Hell is Hot came out. He had an album before that that didn't do so good. I didn't know that. We didn't even know about. I have to do some due diligence and and, um, and see. But yeah, Yeah. man, now people seem to be deviating from that model of signing with like, yeah, I want to sign with Def Jam. So here's here's another fun story I heard through the hip hop underground. Okay. Like, what they say that this is way back in you know early '90s, like Jay Z, they put duffel bags like about a million dollars in cash of duffel bags on like maybe it was Russell Simmons' desk or something like that, and they uh-huh. got a game with that uh you know with with a uh, reasonable doubt. Or was it the one after that? But I, they, people, there are some artists who say that Jay Z messed up the game by, you know, how do you say, not by venturing 
or partnering with uh you, you know with the deal okay. rather than just okay. rather than just taking you know the money from uh from other people but i do admire what jay's doing and a lot and of a lot of artists do that now out of maturity definitely following the blueprint <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> um you know, man. i guess to end on a positive note hip-hop is the number one genre since 2017 and hip-hop is like almost 50 years old i think 50 years old Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so it's almost 50. So in three years, it'll be 50, I think. Three years. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty about impressive. And it's evolved. It's, uh, and, it's, and, I, and I thought that myself when I was young as well. I'm like, okay, this is what it is now. And I heard what it was back in the day because I admire Rakim. Like, it was just uh, something about his flow and what he was saying was very positive. He led mm-hmm. a lot of positive lyrics positive energy too but i was like that's what it was back then this is what it is now and i'm thinking about illmatic and you know but i'm like what is it going to be in the future you know and (laughs) we've seen it and i don't know man a lot of the game has changed i still have love and respect for you know the ogs the classics you know, it's just, it's just, I'm finding it hard to digest these, uh, the newer generation. Well, I say people I listen to, J. Cole, mm-hmm. um, Kendrick, Lamar, um, Schoolboy Q I like, J-Rock, because I like my West Coast. Um, who else do I listen to? These are all like, they're all around our age, a little younger. Um... I like all these guys. I love Lupe Fiasco. So oh, yeah. very talented. I'd love to work with him. Oh man, that's my dude. Um he just turned 38. So he's like our around our age. That's kind of crazy thinking about it. Uh I don't know. I kind of gravitate towards them dudes, but then I like game. I like DMX, like just his early stuff. I really only like it's dark and hell is hot, and then I like stuff he's been on. Personally, that's like my favorite album by him. Um, I've always been a Wu Tang fan. Yeah, Wu. Yeah, um, but I do like. Um, I think hip hop is a stepping stone, though. Yeah, I, I I like um particularly the RZA. Like you know, he did Wu Tang, grew that brand internationally, and then he did the movies you know, films and, and things of that nature. And, you know, hip hop is, you'll get your foot in your door and then you, you can do so much more, but never give up the art, you know? Yeah. Well, you got, throw this out there, 50 Cent. Ah, uh, yeah, very talented. Ice Cube, yo, they all did the same thing. Hollywood. Yeah, my bad for, for sleeping on 50. Like, he's yeah. definitely a mastermind. With or with all his ventures, I would like to be uh, like him to be my mentor, but I could see him being a lot of tough love. <laughs> but uh, I just want to send a shout out to hip hop, the forefathers, appreciate it, and the women. Let's not forget about the women MCs, they were dope too. MC Light, Queen Latifah, um, uh, Roxanne, um. Trina. Yeah, who else? I used to like Shauna from uh, Chi-Town. 
like her. Jean Grey is dope. Um, I'm thinking of people right now. Rhapsody, I like her. Eve. Eve, yeah. She got Little Kim. Like Little Kim. Um, Roddick is cool. Thinking, I'm just trying to think of everybody. It's a lot. Uh, who do I like now, though? Mm, be honest, there's really nobody catching my attention except Rhapsody. Cardi B's all right. I gotta give Cardi like I like her sound when she, her flow. Yeah, she got a nice flow. She got yeah. a nice flow. So. Yeah, well, so I, I give Cardi that. Nick, Nicki Minaj. Sometimes I like her. She's a little too, too much for me. But I like, <laughs> I like her. But I, I can't hear. Mm, I could take her in doses. Absolutely. Yo, I was supposed to shout out um, the small businesses. Oh, yeah, go for it. Beginning. Nah, go for it. But, um, I might as well take an interlude. These are not our sponsors, but these are some s- small businesses that, you know, that I work with or got food from. So, first and f- foremost, Melanie and Associates Cleaning in New Jersey and NY, commercial and residential. If cleanliness was less than, no, let me do that again. If cleanliness was next to godliness, you'd believe I was an angel, <laughs> and you'd be very gullible. World-class cleaning, love what you do. PT, just jerk in Irvington. They have that sweet jerk sauce. It's not too spicy, so I, I can work with it. Big fan. Cool Runnings, Caribbean food. I think they're in Irvington, too. No, I think they're in East Orange. But yeah, they have fire jerk sauce, and they got jerk chicken and shrimp, and the roadies just melt in your mouth. High five on uh, DoorDash. But yeah, I just want to shout out to these, uh, you know, these black businesses doing their thing. Black History Month. That's what's up. great uh, goods and services. Let me let me ask you this quick question before we go to the other uh, topics. Okay. How do you feel about Black History Month this year? Like, what has the vibe to you been like? Just moving around everyday life. You know, media, just what what has it been like for you? I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this. Well, I mean, it's difficult to say because I'm like, I don't want to say I'm unplugged, but like I control my media. So it's like, I really don't watch TV to see what they have to say about black history. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, whatever comes through my feed. And I've seen a lot of individuals initially, early on, in the month, you know, putting a lot of energy, spreading facts, spreading knowledge, you know, and um, I want to say, and I don't want to say it's a burden, but the responsibility, it's falling on our shoulders. Like, Absolutely. It's like people like you and me and other people who are using their thumb, like, share, you know, like it's our responsibility to, uh, to spread this message and, and provide awareness to it. What about you? How are your uh, thoughts and feelings? It feels like, I hate to say it, but it kind of feels like a trend now. Like it's like mm. seasonal or some shit. Like, you <laughs> said so seasonal? Like, okay. Yeah. Valentine's like, Day in Black History Month. That's what it feels like. Cause I was thinking about, I was like, yo, like, I really don't see anything about black history, just little stuff here and there, but it's just the people. It's been the people pushing it. Like you said, it's almost like 
it doesn't exist anymore. That's what it feels like to me this year. It doesn't exist. Mm. To me. I disagree with you just because just by saying the name Tupac Shakur, mm-hmm. like he lives just for, for a brief instant, you know? And for us to mention George Washington Carver, you know, to let him live for, for a brief instant, black history is dead when no one talks about it. True. You know? and I like- for us, we're not getting paid to do this. We're, we're nah. using our time and, and energy to to put that forth. And if, if these if our ancestors can can look down on us, they, they see like yo, they 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 represent us. Like if this is what Black History Month has become, then I'm I'm cool with it. You know, like if that means we just spread memes around for one month, I mean it's it's better than we forget entirely. You know. True. You make a very good point. That's an interesting perspective, actually, on that. I don't disagree with that. Um, but yeah, that's just a little sidebar, you know. So I, I do wanted to reference something. Um, Hip Hop Avenue. Do you recall what the original street was? It was in the Bronx. They actually made a name change of the street and they changed it to Hip Hop Ave. Really? I, I know, well, the original address is what? Uh, 1520 Sedwick Avenue? You know, I used to live on Sedwick Avenue. Yeah. In, in Fordham. So, so uh, I, think, I think that's like the actual birthplace, but I don't know what they did as far as the street, like right there. That's a good question. I'm not sure. But yeah, I know there was a big ceremony. This was maybe a couple of years ago, and then they mm-hmm. changed the nameplate, and it's like it's hip hop out. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find a clip for that slide. Yeah, down. another thing is like you know when I do find the time to come up there, like mm-hmm. yeah, we would we would definitely go there. Yeah, no doubt. I'm about to take some flicks out there, get a little footage. But um. We, I guess we're sliding to... into um, next where we're really going to discuss the, the Bill of Rights, right? All right. That's cool. Um, no matter how much research I do, I don't feel fully prepared for this. Yo, I got you because I was the same way because, you know, it's in that legal jargon. Yes. So I found something simplified. I was so excited. I was like, this is what we need. So let me... So we're going to go down 1 through 10, right? Yeah. Damn it. Where did I put it? I got it. Hold on. I got it. It's so perfect. Uh... It was like, I was looking at I'm like, let me see if I can dumb it down, but... I'm looking at the first one. It's freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press. And this was what really kind of started, like, the whole need for uh, to want to come to America is, um, is to have that, that freedom, you know, <clears throat> because Christians, or is it Catholics who are oppressing Christians? Or and Protestants, Christians and Protestants, which are, they're all offshoots of the the Christian religion. They're like sects of the Christian religion, if I understand that correctly. I believe that's that's uh, that's about right. And it's it's kinda clearly that 
you know, freedom of religion was was an issue in Europe, and our founding fathers wanted to make sure that that did not occur. So, one thing that the First Amendment really harps on is that a state cannot push a state religion. Like, while America proclaims to be a Christian nation, they cannot force everyone to be Christian. You know, you have the right to believe what, whatever you want, and I think that's a very big freedom. It is. Then we go to um, the second one. Uh, we we hit this one a million times, but there's a lot of obscurity. With the Second Amendment. Well, this is a simple thing I have. This the simplified version. Congress can't it? stop people from having and carrying weapons. Like it's just boom, straight up. I agree. So like that's as simple. I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> well. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You, you say it's so cut and dry, but it's like, can they limit, you know, magazine sizes like um, rapid fire, fully automatic, class mm-hmm. three weapons, you know, like there's a lot of obscurity in there. And I think it's like, it needs some revision, some clarity. Oh, you and I have talked about this. Like, all this shit needs to be revised because we're in the 21st century. This shit was written in, what, the (laughs) 17th century, 18th century? Something like that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, It's like 21st century is, it's always one more than the actual day. So So 18th century. Yeah. It would be the 18th century. We're like, what? Three, four hundred years down the line. Like, yeah, we need to upgrade this shit. Upgrade America. (laughs) (laughs) But I I agree, but it's like, how would you do that? This is like... Uh, I I, I want to throw this preamble in here, like, that the rules, like, the the Constitution, more or less, it's the rules to the game. We're all in this game, whether you know it or not, you're playing this game. If you don't know the rules to the game, like you're gonna be screwed. Like you ever play Mario when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. You ever notice how you get the fire flower and you get the how you say you know you get the star, you get the power ups? Because mm-hmm. those are written into the rules. Right now we're playing Mario with no power ups. You know the people who are the people who are making the rules have made the rules. So right now Bowser's just going around kicking everything around because he made the rules. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we need to, the people need to make the rules. You know what I'm saying? Or or if anything, just uh, elect people who are actually represent them to make the rules. Or Bowser's just going to keep kicking you into the lava pit. Well, that's that's the hardest part, though. Like, think about it. We got, what, roughly 400 million people in America. Mm -hmm. To get everybody on the same accord... Like, well, here's the thing you talk about democracy, and we're not, we're a democratic republic. I know, but, but like, I mentioned about having a, a, a app beyond Twitter just to get yeah. feedback, you know. And if it's like, hey, the majority of Americans want XYZ, Pa-ching. there you have it, and, and let's do that. The only tricky part is like. <laughs> You have to have a base constitution like that cannot conflict with freedoms, you know. And 
it's difficult because if the majority of people want to give up their freedom, you can't. You're like, oh, okay. Well, you guys said you didn't want any more fully automatic guns. Like, we'll take it. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's it's real delicate matter. So, I don't know. But I think there should be more involvement with the people as far as um, revision, revising this thing. So, yeah. What is number three? Housing of soldiers. How does it? How's it defined on yours? Okay, I got the simple version. So I got you don't have to let soldiers live in your house except if there is a war, and even then, Congress needs to pass a law and set the rules. Now, I don't think this is an issue that we really deal with now. But my understanding was, which conflict was it? Were the British uh, there? Was it the French Indian? No. I'm not even gonna take a guess at it because I could. The history buffs are gonna kick me in the butt. So I like, guess. Uh, would it be like the British? They they forced troops onto the the colonists before, and they weren't having that, or they were very upset about that. They didn't want that to be occurring. So it'd be the American Revolution then. It sounds like around that time. Mm, would it? Because if it was America, was it the American it... Revolution? I thought there was some a conflict with the yeah. Hold on. So, because my understanding, George Washington, prior to the, the revolution, there's another conflict. I believe it was with, uh, let's just say, some some of the natives. George Washington was actually a scout for the Brits. So there's a, let's just say, a brief war before that. And there's maybe, that's, maybe that's when it occurred and they, they, they pushed soldiers, the British pushed soldiers onto them. And I can see this playing out too in the Civil War as well. That seems like it makes sense. Like if a Union soldier is in the South, mm-hmm. you know. So you, how would you think Southerner, that would work with martial law? Like today, how do you think that would work with martial law today? They've done types of martial law examples, like for the protests, like in Ferguson and Baltimore and um, this other place. They had like actual full-blown riots recently they've kind of flirted with that martial law because there was a curfew and all that kind of no, stuff I mean, like with martial law but like okay let's say it's a town in the middle of nowhere okay and there's no army garrison and mm-hmm. route world soldiers um did they set up plant city or would they commandeer people's homes and be like, yeah, we taking it. Uh, put their feet up on the couch. Yeah, I could. Based on our military experience, I could see them setting up tent city and then working to get people's homes for like the officers or B doc or something like that. I could see that plan now. During martial law, I think they would occupy the hotels first and put as many. But then they'd probably cram a lot of like four into one hotel room something yeah. ridiculous and then um i don't know and i shudder to think but i think martial law wouldn't go well in america i could say that you said it would or would not it would not i don't think so I, there's far too many guns in it yes 
Okay, so let's go to four. Protection from unreasonable searches and seizures. Here we go. Might as well get into it. And again, like, let's do it. I'm hardly a constitutional lawyer, but uh, I know a little bit. So, when you get pulled over, like, yeah, you definitely gotta identify yourself. <laughs> or you're in for a long night. If you think you're just not gonna give a ID or driver's license, like it, you gotta do that. And from the cops' perspective, is like you could very well be America's most wanted. Shame on me for letting him or her go because I didn't like check uh, check properly identify them. So yeah, you you gotta do that. But as far as other questions, like how fast are you been going? How fast were you going? Or have you been drinking? Have you been smoking? Like don't have to answer those, but there will always be some sort of repercussion. There can, and I don't want to say repercussion. Let's call it an equal opposite uh, reaction. I don't okay. necessarily want to say it results in, in something negative, but um, definitely as far as like with searches and stuff, they gotta have probable cause. Like speeding is not probable. It's not probable cause. Like they they have to have a reason to uh, to want to uh, search your vehicle, and you can deny that. You you have a uh, you have the right to do so. Something else that uh, I've recently just experienced, as I had the law enforcement called on me for something frivolous. Um, you don't have to open the door. Like when they come to your when they come to your place, you don't have to open up. Oh, uh, your neighbor's calling because it's too. <laughs> loud over there or noise complaint or something like that or, or what have you you don't have to open the door like you can identify yourself through the door and have a conversation with them and they're gonna try to be assertive and try to get you to open the door you don't have to do that because as soon as you do that one you become a visible target it's uh, a <laughs> that whole that thin veil of protection that the door grants you is is now gone because let's let's be real Driving and um, interacting with law enforcement can be some of the most dangerous things that you may ever do. So um, let's call it civilian discretion. Like your safety will will or should trump the you know safety of, of the officer. Like um, I think uh, that's that's reasonably okay. But uh, yeah, I think that's something else that people need to know is you don't have to do that. You don't have to let open your door and let people into your home like that's totally unacceptable so um your right to remain silent and everything like as soon as people are asking questions that could get your ass in trouble i suppose we're, we're kind of transitioning into the fifth yeah you should just shut up don't be obnoxious and say i plead the fear the physics or whatever and you know you can just kindly say uh for instance, like, I'm not discussing my day. And that's very generic. It, it's dismissing, but, you know, it's all about being... You want to be courteous to, because, you know, you want people to be courteous to you as well. Cops are in a position of authority. And as soon as you become a jerk, you're kind of taking their power, their authority. And they, uh-huh. they have to turn it up. It's like, oh, you want to be a jerk, so now I have to rank, gain my authority... And, you know, they can press harder. But if you're, uh, you know, 
be respectful and you know de casually decline any incriminating questions but this is basic rights that i know a lot of people maybe i don't want to say a lot of people maybe people don't consider it but it's like if you're, uh, you're excited and you're, you're angry you're emotional and you just start running off in the mouth and then you can say things that you uh that'll get you in trouble but you got any uh input on for input on that um well the plain speak simple version of amendment four is nobody can search your body or your house Ooh, or your papers and things unless they can prove to a judge that they have a good reason for the search. Okay, so let's go back to the body, and this kind of circles into a stop and frisk. So they're gotcha. saying that if you look like they see a bulge that could be a weapon, then um, that's the grounds for stop and frisk. And um, I'm not too sure how, how I feel about that. Because, like, as a man, I, I have a bald all the time, and I don't think that's grounds for me to be stopping and frisk. But um, it's very, it was it was found unconstitutional mm-hmm. to stop this program, and I do believe it was discontinued in New York. But that was a really big deal, and I was while I, it was occurring while I was in New York, and I I, I was very uncomfortable with that, and I I was on. Had some concern that we were on the verge of, uh, you know, some sort of tyranny, like as there was a huge violation of uh, of our constitution, of our amendment rights. But you got anything else? Okay, I can relate to both amendments real quick. So mm-hmm. I got pulled over this is years ago um, in Orlando. Going downtown, have a good night. It was like a Wednesday night or so. I don't remember what night it was. So the cops, <laughs> me being security forces, had that experience. I know how traffic stops go. So they said, oh, I think I smell marijuana. I said, I think I think you think wrong. I don't smoke. I go to school and I work. <laughs> so it's like, you can send to a search. I said, I'm good. And I, I was very polite. That. I wanted to be in clear speech because you'd be like, oh, you're good? Like, you're good with it? I would say no, negative. Ab- I wouldn't even say absolutely because I kind of can. Yeah. An affirmation. Well, that, I would that, say no. That's what I kept saying, and that's what annoyed him. I said, I'm good. Well, what do you mean you're good? I'm good. And that was it. I just stuck to my answer and I just sat there. Um,. Eventually, you know, it's yes or no question. Huh? As a defender, you know, it's yes or no question. You can't say, yeah, nah. You gotta say yes or no. You're in the loop. Yeah, well, that's why, because he was intentionally being a jerk and I know he was fishing, that's why I did that. And then, um, not, I don't, I don't condone other civilians, especially black Americans, seeing how. We've gone through so much stuff, at least recently, that is mm-hmm. seen more. This stuff's always been going on. Let's make this clear. But it's just seen more because of social media and the internet and all that. But um, it ended fine. Um, my homeboy did get locked up temporarily. He had, like, fines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
my homeboy told him, told the officers, oh, you're not going to be able to mess with my homeboy. He used to be a cop. So then when he came back again, he was like, oh, I heard you was a cop before. I said, yep, in the Air Force. And he's like, oh. He's like, well, that's not the same as civilian cop. I said, you're right. It's not the same. But I know how law enforcement works. And so he had to kind of like change his style up. And he already knew my record was clean. He didn't I, had have nothing. To, um, I had to use the, how do you say, the whole military card as well. Yeah. But, um, I had him, as I mentioned, I was not opening the door because the, the cops were called on some racially motivated shit that was called a fucking nigger or something. And then like noise complaint. Then uh, cops came, so I'm like, nah, <laughs> after all this, like, no, I'm not not opening the door. So I read it off phonetically, spelled my name, you know, uh-huh. Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta, even hit him with the Niner, hit him with the, <laughs> I said, are you prepared to copy? He even hit me with, he was like, send it. I was like, okay, I'm speaking, I'm speaking your language. So I hit him with the Niner, you know, I'm like, listen, like I did this. And um, I suppose I'll say this as, as well, like, yeah, did infantry ops, I did, how do you say, nuclear operations, did air-based defense, but I suppose something I, I really don't talk about is, yeah, my, my time as, as a law enforcement officer, and I suppose because it conflicted with the whole gangster persona, you know, I was trying to portray as a, a young African-American, but like, yeah, I know, did my fair share of LA, you know, I know about it, I know that game, and that's why I, I always butcher this word, empathize with, uh, with with cops. You know, I know how it is, you know, when your spouse is mad because you're working crazy hours. And, you know, I'm still learning what holidays uh, are we have because, you know, we, we were always working. That was our motto. You know, always vigilant, always working. Yeah. Shout out to SF Humor. Hilarious. Love yeah. what they do. <clears throat> but it's so true. But going back to the to the cop thing, it's like I can I can I, I get I understand the mindset of it. And, yeah, I, do too. I also know that there are, are just as we all have different personalities, cops all have different personalities, and there are some who are really really cool. Shout out to my defender friends, you know, like but there are some who are really really jerks. And they will flex every ounce of their power to make your your brief interaction miserable just because they have the power and authority to do so. so yeah. I, I want to say, you know, cooperate at, at best and be respectful because you want to be respectful. And I'm going to leave it at that. <clears throat> oh, and I'll throw the other thing out. I was stopped in Frisk too in Orlando walking one day. Hey. Yep. Uh, they were looking for. Just like such a gentleman. What was I wearing that day? I wasn't dressed like a gentleman that day. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think I was wearing like jeans, boots, and like a sweatshirt. I don't remember. It was something like that. I gotta ask. Because every time like, and I'd be walking down to Brooklyn, I'd be like, yo. And I'd have that look on me. They'd be sizing me up. And I'd be like, yo, don't not fuck with me. Yeah. I'm not with it, but how did you take that uh that stop and frisk? As a veteran who's sworn to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It's annoying as fuck. Like I was just having this conversation uh, last night with somebody. I was like, 
there's an extra tax for being black in America that is not spoken about. Like, it just comes with the territory. Like, I know I'm going to get profiled. I know I'm going to get, I'm always assumed guilty before proving innocent. And and even yeah, if I that's prove not it, another reason why I kept my damn door shut. Because I'm like, yes. <laughs> you already, I already know what, the, what you're coming off of. Like, her word versus mine. Like, yeah. Like, know, you know what's ironic? So, while I was getting stopped at first, it was a biker, white chick, biker. Mm-hmm watching the whole interaction afterwards she said those fucking pigs and like why were they even messing with you and like to be honest in that moment i said that's america that i live in for her to be upset at that situation and say it right there was like she knows that's wrong and unconstitutional it's like i get it if you're running out of a convenience store and then some shopkeepers behind you like stop that i'm like and then, but you mind in your own business, and it's just like, yeah, like that's for me. Like I said, it's um, I haven't experienced that in New York, but what I did experience, which I still kind of pissed me off. So I was walking from the subway, um, what was it down uh, Church Avenue mm-hmm. in Brooklyn? So a buddy of mine, he's a plumber, so he got these heavy bags, and so I'm like, yo, let me help you with one of those, you know. So I'm carrying one of his bags. He's carrying the other ones. Like something out of a movie, man. Yeah. Cops pull up. Jump like three, four guys. Pull up. Jump out like, yo. Telling us like not to move. And they look into the bags. And then one they're like asking that question. Like, yo, what is, what is this about? And they're like, oh, we thought there were guns in there. Cause they're they're tool bags, you know. It's like I see they look heavy and, and they're bulking and stuff. Like yo, but they pulled out like something from John Wick, man. Like it was a movie scene, man. but that left me a bit uneasy. Like I remember real quick. I remember when I went to meet up with you in what 2012, I think, or I don't remember. Yeah, or 11, somewhere in there when we met in Brooklyn. I remember looking at all the police presence, like mm-hmm. cops on horseback and all these cameras. I was like, oh, was that during the, yo, that was during the riots. Was it? They had some riots, man. I forgot. I didn't know that. that. Yeah. So I think what happened was though, there was this lady, she had like a diabetic coma. Mm-hmm. And she was just boom, boom, boom. Cause you know, like you got diabetes and you have, you're not in your right mind. And yeah. she was just smashing cars up. I think she hit a couple people and they shot her. And oh, they, wow. like Brooklyn man. Man. Yeah, I do recall because there's like always horse poop on the corner. Yeah, okay. I didn't know what was going on. Yo, the Walgreens on the corner, yo, all these little hoodlums. I'm talking about swims, little locusts went in there. And then they just robbed that place, looted it like it was crazy. But yeah. I was in Brooklyn <laughs> during the riots. It was mad. Yeah, we got you. You came and you experienced that. But definitely mega police city, um, police presence in, in New York. But what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Is it better or worse? Like, hit crime is down. Yeah. Um, New York is one of the biggest 
places in the U.S., most popular, most visited. You got a lot of assets there, PL1. Um, so, because you got to think about it, Wall Street, you got the U.N., you got financial, I mean, media there. All the media companies are there. So if you look at it from that standpoint, it's yeah. The, the center of the world. That's how yeah. I feel like in Times Square. Like, yo, this is the center of the world. Everything is here. And also, it's it's almost just, it's pretty much like D.C., bro. If you really think about it. Interesting. It's a- I think it's a bit more unique than D.C., and DC is unique in itself as well, but there's yeah. because you're talking about population wise, it's the no, 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 no. populated, and then it's like as far as like it not sweeping, like it's this is it's his own little monster, man. It's very no, special. no, I get what you're saying. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like the security protocol. Uh, oh, yeah, They're yeah, very similar. Yeah. So, but yeah, I heard the there's a camera on the World Trade Center that can read a license plate off the George Washington Bridge. I uh, believe it. Talk about your wide area surveillance, whiskey type stuff like. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what I would like to employ at the border wall, but that's another talk. It's another discussion. I think we already had that. But let's get into the rest of these uh, rights. I think we can you dumb down the fifth amendment and you might as well kill the rest of them for us too since you got the simplified version okay uh except during times of war or if you're in the military you can't be tried for any serious crime without a grand jury meeting first to decide whether there's enough evidence against you for a trial Hmm. except Pfizer courts but again, oh, that's yeah. another ep- that's another episode. We we definitely need to do some. We got some really good episodes coming mm-hmm. down. Like now that Let's you mentioned, I can get some uh, CIA operatives to come on. You know, uh, well, we already know they listen. So. Um, I'll just because it's a bunch for the fifth, but I'll just read two more. Okay. Um, you can't be a you cannot be forced to admit you are guilty of a crime, and if you choose not to. You do not have to say anything at your trial at all. That's true. That's pleading the fifth. When you hear people say that, basically, that's what that is. So and, let me ask you, um, if you're a juror uh-huh. and this, someone goes up there and they do that, how does that make you feel? Would that influence your decision? It depends on the evidence. For me, I, I need to see the context, like the, all the evidence. What's the defense case for that person? Hmm. That's what would determine. Because I wouldn't necessarily write them off because it makes sense. When you open your mouth in court, everything is tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God or swear or affirm or whatever if you're not really. It's just that things can be spun too. Like, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and so that's what... I just hope that that doesn't influence people's uh, decisions simply by exercising it, the Fifth Amendment. It does, honestly. I'm sure it does. But I'm just saying, like, me learning, and I think you're pretty much the same way, learning how to critically think and be stoic and neutral and look mm. at the evidence and the facts, I think we all need to work towards that. We all got biases and prejudgments and all this, but 
And when it comes to somebody's life, mm-hmm. you definitely need to take it more seriously. You can't just, oh, guilty. You know, like, you got to really look at it. You know, so, I kind of would like a, in, in a future world where the defendant isn't on display. Mm. Like, um, True. Where it's like pretty much you have, and I hate to say like a an app, but like it's saying like it makes the story. Yeah. You know, the facts that we know, the evidence that's there. And you take it, that's presented, and you make your... Um, you should be able to make your conclusion without seeing the person. I agree with this, but I'll tell you why it won't happen. Lawyer's not going to go for that because they pick the jury. They do all this stuff. You'll be killing their cases, basically, by doing that. What do you mean? Well, say the prosecutor, they want certain jurors on the jury. And I, and I get that they're leveraging the juries. Exactly. But at the same time, it can still bite people in the ass. The system can still bite people in the ass. Yeah. I guess we should we should go in uh, briefly to talk about prejudice and racism. I know you, you, you mentioned it before, you know, but it's like racism is it's a it's a stealth weapon. It can be a stealth weapon. Meaning that people can wield it in, in secret. You yeah. Know? And you know, I I love the you KKK guys and you know you other white supremacists and, and and guys who openly advertise it. Thank you. I know what you're about, but it's the people who uh, who do not, and they go to these uh, they become jurors and everything. That's... Or judges, or doctors, or scientists. Well, then, then there's that Politics. too. You know? And oh. we we can we can, uh, we can elaborate on on that. Uh, as well but like there's got to be a way that we can circumvent that that we can get that element out of our legal system one well they and this it's ironic lady justice she has a blindfold on mm. justice is supposed to be blind yes, meaning I think, uh, again you should not um you shouldn't have to see the defendant yeah because that's automatically gonna um because I've been through the system and they always like, they encourage people, oh, you should go cut your hair and make sure you get a good lineup before you go, you go in the court. Why? Like, I get it. You don't want to go, you know, you look like an animal and everything, but should my fate determine whether I'm guilty or innocent? Like, yeah. look at him. <laughs> he has a horrible lineup. Like, he didn't shave. He's guilty. Like, yeah. That shouldn't be a factor. I don't know. I'm just, just brain, brainstorming and everything. But yo, hit me uh, up another one for, uh, you got another one for five? Yeah, uh, the last one I write, read for five. I didn't know it was, it was so extensive. Um, the government can't take your house or your farm or anything that is yours unless the government pays for it at a fair price. In fair relative terms. <laughs> <laughs> you know they lowballing that shit. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know they do. Uh, um, I get that, and it's like we just we need to make sure that we continue to honor that, and we reevaluate the the fair term. Like no one should ever get screwed. Yeah. On uh, by the government, it, it should be like, yo, I I got overpaid. 
for you know just to I don't want to say to keep people ha- happy because in, in the unlikely event that the federal government needed a lot to take it, you you don't want to have everyone pissed off. At the yeah. same time, where we're cheap because you know there's deficits and stuff. But what about uh, number seven? All right. Well, no, nah, we was on six next, but I do oh, just like, I do six real quick. Okay. Um, I do like one. Uh, well, two because this one's interesting. So. You have a right to have your trial soon and in public so everyone knows what is happening. Except in the Pfizer court. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The case has to be decided by a jury of ordinary people. Shout out to John Legend. uh, From where you are, if you wish. This is something I don't think people really know. That part. Um, I can I can give a bit more insight on that. Go for so, it. I, um, I don't want to say a trick that lawyers, that criminal lawyers will do is they'll delay the trial. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, you are, you're saying, hey, you need more, you're gathering more information, you're preparing more witnesses or something like that. Because it's like um, you're violating the speedy trial. And by default, if your case goes a little bit over six months, you can get off. And it's a technicality, but it's just like that. Remember that moist pie uppercut? Yeah. It doesn't matter how you win. A win is still a win. Oh, well, I guess I'll throw this last one out in six. You have a right to a lawyer to help you. If you mm. cannot afford a lawyer, pay for a lawyer, the government will. <laughs> And I do a drum line because it's a bit of a joke. So, um, public they call defenders. them public defenders. Yeah. And these are the court appointed lawyers. And this is a, a brief snippet of the, the justice system because there's so many people in queue to go to court. And court costs money. It's more cost effective to just get you in, get you out, and plea to a lesser offense whether or not you are guilty. And um, more often than not, these public defenders, they take your case right before you go to trial, the trial of your life. Skim over it. Yeah, we'll try to get you to try to make your deal. They may or may not get you a deal. And and that's that. And remember, whether or not you're guilty, because you can go to trial. And the reason why they throw the book at you when you go to trial is because you're wasting taxpayers money. You're wasting people's time. They're like, oh, you drug us through this long trial and you got found guilty. Don't throw the book at him. Beat him with it first and then throw the book at him. And, you know, they, they hit you in the head. But here's the catch. Here's the hook. So most people, they'd be like, OK, I did a robbery. I'm going to plead to theft. You know, theft is not a felony. It's a lesser charge. Cool. Do whatever and keep it moving. Here's the catch, though. So if you're being charged with rape. And you plead to, let's say, sexual assault, a lesser charge. You, whether you've done it or not, still must register as a sex offender. And so the people who go in for that and then they, they get found guilty, whether they've done it or not, they get, they get hit hard. Because they want to prove their innocence just because it's like no one wants to be accused as a sex offender. Yeah. yeah. Then there's that. But there's a lot of... The system, it has a lot of holes in it, man. A lot of holes. And 
We got to upgrade America, bro. Absolutely. We got three more. These are quicker. So Amendment 7, you have the right to a jury when it's a civil case, a law case between two people rather than between you and the government. Hmm. Amendment 8, the government can't make you pay more than is reasonable in bail or in fines, and the government can't inflict cruel or unusual punishments like torture, even if you are, a, you are convicted of a crime. Say again? Except in, get, except in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> No cruel or unusual punishment. So does like someone could say that execution is cruel and unusual because you're actually murdering someone for the crime. But the last two are Amendment Nine. Just because these rights are listed in the Constitution doesn't mean that you don't have other rights too. Mm. That's what Amendment 9 is? Yeah. And I think, um, I don't want to do it this episode, but the second Bill of Rights proposed by FDR. Uh Uh-huh. And how it intersects with Skyward. um, Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be dope. You know I'm all for that. I I remember we were talking about that. Um, Amendment 10, really quickly. Anything that the Constitution doesn't say that Congress can do is left up to the state's and to the people, meaning upgrade America. That's what we're trying Interesting. to do. So I heard a rant on Facebook mm-hmm. and I guess they're making a case how in order for the government to make alcohol illegal during prohibition, they had to write it into the constitution. Mm. So the person was saying that they never wrote into the constitution about weed or other drugs. So mm-hmm. it's technically not illegal. And I know I'm like, yeah, so that's his judgment here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he kind of raises some, uh, if you're going off of those grounds, he raises some interesting thoughts. But what was, this, what was number seven again? Ah, uh, damn. Hold on. See, he said seven. Seven was you also have the right to a jury when it is a civil case, a law case between two people rather than between you and the government. I have a question with that and it slipped my mind. Oh, okay. Not important. So well, basically. Just to give people an example, like probably a real life example, is like those judge shows, like Judge Judy, Judge, all those judge shows. That's like a civil case, basically. That's an example of a civil case for the most part. So when those two people go up, oh, he owed me rent money for this or da 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 da, that's like a civil case. So. We are hardly uh, constitutional lawyers or anything. We're just giving an overview. But again, yeah. as, as I mentioned, like these are the rules to the game. And you should at least strive to get a, a rudimentary understanding of how these rules work so you can uh, you know, play the game a little bit better and, and 
not get kicked in the lava pit by Bowser. But no, it's um, I, I really think that's just something I, I wanted to put out there, particularly for the stops and, and seizures. Like um, a lot of people are, are just, you know, they're they're giving these rights away. They're, I don't want to say they're temporary, but you know, these uh, constitutions, oh, it's, it's a document, it's written by men and women, and, and these people can amend it, amend it, and they have, and, and they may very well in the future. So it's, it's very important that, you know, we, we really, uh, I don't want to say get to know these, uh, who, who we're getting these our power away too but it's um we have to be aware of that you know and I'm, see if they're really going to represent our interests i'm gonna ask you a very hard question it's loaded you're not probably gonna have an answer for it but i'm just uh, curious hey. does the constitution work for black people black black americans does the constitution work for black americans because I've, I've seen cases on both sides where it has worked, but I would say the majority of the time it doesn't seem like it works. So I'm really curious. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say it does work. You and me, we're here, we're alive, and we're free, and we're thriving. However, with that taking that into consideration, there is <laughs> it's almost like there's another constitution that exists. An invisible constitution that has an, 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 an additional set of laws, you know. Um, but the constitution is is working, man. America is working. Like if you you hustle this uh this this thing, you know, you, you can make it here. And you know, CJ, we we are making it. Like. Granted, we had to walk through the fire, we had to walk through the flames, you know, but at the same time, we are, we, we're doing our thing. Things could be, could be far worse. But for the average, uh, if we're saying for the average African-American, again, I, I, I still believe we have, we take a lot of things for granted in this nation. You know, we, we take a lot of opportunities for granted. And, um, but at the same time, that's still that second constitution. Yeah, those laws are over us. That's, um, but it's not going to keep us down. At least it ain't keeping me down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just, I told, I had this interesting discussion. I kind of wish I taped it last night, but it was too loud. But, um, we were talking about some of these things, and, uh, I said, I remember telling the chick, I said, I'm going to live my freest as possible. That's all I can do. Yeah. No matter what. It really is. It's really all you can do. And again, I emphasize, like, I don't want to say freedom is temporary, but it's, um, you know, this whole... There's that running joke where it's like, you can vote your way into socialism, but you gotta shoot your way out. <laughs> There's that, but at the same time, the possibility exists that we could, you know, evolve to an oligarchy. Am I using that wrong? 
or plutocracy or uh what's the other one it's a bunch of we need a podcast essentially yeah I, i totally agree with you on that essentially it could come into some sort of totalitarian move you know where freedoms are are removed and enjoy it while while you have it because it's like everything is temporary I don't want to be all cynical, man. We live in a really great place, and we we have the opportunity to upgrade America. But we're doing this just to, you know, we gotta make try to make politics fun. Try to get you at least to know the the rules of the game, you know, because those the game is changing. See, see. The rapper, the game. I said the game is changing, but now I feel like I'm talking about the game. Like, whatever. The game is changing, you know, self-driving cars, AI, like all these technologies that are going to disrupt everything, you know? And Andrew Yang, he got knocked out the game. I said it again. Andrew Yang, he got knocked out, you know, and he was really pushing for the UBI because he understood how these disruptions were were going to affect people's lives. I don't hear it any other candidates discussing these things and these are things that are going to affect you like you know when we're talking about machines that can come out and and do so many fascinating things like it it will blow your mind but um, again we're out here i hope really hope you learn something from it something that you can apply to your everyday life and you know Upgrade America. You got any closing remarks, CJ? Nah, just we just taking down the road of the black experience, man. We're sharing it. We're trying to uplift our people. We're trying to show the positive, show the negative, and show the solutions. That's what we're mm. we're trying to do. All three of like them. that. Um. So hopefully you guys like the little extra tidbits. I'll make it short because we kind of went long on this so i make it like under a minute on the audio exclusive podcast Um, i hope you have a blessed day blessed wherever you're at in the world you know and keep supporting our show i guess we should shout out the ogs big shout out to amazon affiliate marketing all you gotta do is click our link below whatever you're buying even you know it could be deodorant or like a, a computer. You, you you buy that. Jeff Bezos, because, you know, me and him, we go back to 88. He gets me off a little percentage, you know, and it helps support our podcast. But also, if you're getting into the stock market game, crypto game, please. Robinhood, they pay us in stock. Hit the little link below. Drop a little $100 in your bank account. And then, boom, you just turn 100 to quite possibly 108 to maybe even a hundred and an additional 200 because they're going to give you a random stock that you can cash out liquidate and and get a little chunk of change it's an easy come up and again it it helps support our podcast as well so appreciate all the love and support and you know upgrade america peace peace